Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we are going to be talking about the prequels. Now, what prequels? Well, probably the most important prequels that were ever made, and of course we're talking about Star Wars. Um, the Wolf and I were big Star Wars fans. Uh, we love Star Wars, and we were actually trying to figure out how is it that we went this long into the podcast and not really actually done a podcast dedicated to Star Wars? And so the wolf has decided that, you know, we're going to go in order as far as the Star Wars movies are concerned in the Star Wars universe and not when they were released. So today we're going to be talking about the prequels. I think part of the reason we actually started this podcast was because at some point in time i knew the shepherd wanted to talk about star wars i love talking and about star wars as as he said it's amazing we've gone this far i would have thought that this would have happened in episode two or three right now everybody knows star wars everybody knows it's was broken up into three different trilogies but i just wanted to give the listening audience just a little bit of a background on the prequels because there are always numbers facts and figures which come up which people aren't aware of sometimes people are like wow that was more than i expected less than i expected but in terms of a background and the success of the prequels compared to the original trilogy obviously it was quite a time later and you know allowing for inflation and everything else and merchandise and probably uh different channels of distribution in terms of it went to blu-ray and all this stuff when blu-rays cost more than dvds did right (laughs) etc that you know there was a lot more money to be made with the prequels now the phantom menace the first part of the prequel came out in episode 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 one. one episode one the phantom menace came out in may 1999 Attack of the Clones came out May 2002, three years later. And then three years after that, Revenge of the Sith came out May 2005. Now, it did seem an eternity between episode six and episode one. I actually well, thought, sure. regardless of the rumors, the prequel would never actually the prequels would never actually be made. Oh well, we all did. Uh, growing up with the original movies, and what Jedi came out in eighty three, uh, you know, eighty three to ninety nine, that was an eternity, and right. there was always those dreams of you know, are there going to be more Star Wars movies beyond the Ewok adventures and, you know, the droids cartoons and things like that? We always dreamed of the backstory. You know, it, it, how is this going to come out? How How's Lucas going to explain all of these characters? What, what were some of the things that the original movies were talking about? Can we hear the backstories? And now all of a sudden, we're going to meet Anakin Skywalker. And we're we're gonna see what happened before he became Darth Vader and all that good stuff. So obviously, the big Star Wars fans, we were all excited about that. Yeah, and it was actually back in 1992, George Lucas acknowledged that he actually planned to go ahead and create the prequels, and then it was you know seven years later before you know the first one came out. So I mean that was quite a quite a period of time from his first announcing it and i think you know that must have been the slowest 
period in history of somebody actually having to wait for a movie to come out. You know, as a Star Wars fan, it's like the prequels are going to come out sometime and year after year went, there was no new information and then all of a sudden heard that scripts were being written. Yeah. It was going into early yeah. production. How right. did you feel when you first well, heard it was going to become reality? It, I think when it when it really dawned on me was when I ordered a poster. Uh, and I still have that poster. It, it's stored along with all my other Star Wars collectibles somewhere. The, the poster of Jake Lloyd, who played Anakin in the first movie, or, or in episode one, rather, and the shadow of Darth Vader yeah. behind him. And I have that original poster. It was, I guess you call it a teaser poster or something right. like that. I mean, I mean, there was no you know, release date. There was no... Uh, actors' names on the poster or whatever. It's just a picture of Jake Lloyd right there in the desert with that shadow of Darth Vader behind him. I remember getting that poster through the mail and looking at that and being so excited about that movie. Just, it, here we are. We're finally going to get to see what happened in the past of the the Star Wars saga. Now, I know most Star Wars fans knew that Anakin Skywalker was going to become Darth Vader but you have to remember the gap between um, episode 6 and episode 1 was so big that there was a whole generation who came through who didn't really kind of grow up with Star Wars right and that poster the one you're talking about I also had that poster I think was dubbed the biggest plot spoiler of all time for those sure. people who weren't that into Star Wars. And remember, he doesn't become Vader until episode three. Right. And that's, you know, you're going from 1999 Phantom Menace until 2005. So that's six years and right at the end of the movie. So they've basically done a plot spoiler six years in advance. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and of course, the way they were making the movies, knowing what already happened in the quote-unquote future, right, uh, they had to kind of explain some things behind. And, and they did some good explaining. They did some bad explaining. Uh, you know, you can talk about the the soft, the sloppy, the lazy writing on, on some of the things. But, of course, you know, when you hear that, you know, introduction you know i'm anakin skywalker you're like well you know you only heard that name a couple of times in the original movies so it's like okay you know here's this guy that becomes darth vader right the the, the evilest guy to walk around the, the whole star wars galaxy and all this and then you find out he's just this little farm boy that's a slave you're like well how in the world did this dude turn into the most feared person in the galaxy less than the emperor? And so it was kind of interesting to know, you know, this little uh, slave farm boy, it basically rules the galaxy in the span of a generation. Yeah, and I think obviously in the original trilogy, there wasn't too much romance in there other than the kind of you got the Han and Leia thing, yeah. but, it, but that that didn't really even come to fruition. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of it in Empire, but you know, most of it in Jedi. But yeah. it but it wasn't the same kind of romance that you saw in the prequels. Yeah, and you know, romance traditionally wasn't necessarily a big part of sci-fi movies, right? And I think you know the way George Lucas framed 
the prequels was he i think if those prequels that had been written maybe 20 years earlier the romance theme going throughout them perhaps might not have been so strong sure you know because the whole thing of anakin turning to the dark side is really based around padme i mean you know his jealousy you know what he wants and everything his love for her is driven you know pretty much drives most most of his uh, actions and motives through the movies i mean him turning to the dark side you know when he talks to palpatine and about you know him being worried about you know padme dying and yeah you know when palpatine tells him you know you can bring somebody back from the dead it was like wow now i've got the ultimate protection you know right. in this relationship even if she dies you know if i become a sith i can bring her back you yeah. know but I, I have often wondered if that if that um prequel trilogy had been filmed 20 years earlier if maybe that had been the original trilogy how different that would have been in terms of plot sure and and i don't think the the prequel trilogy would have done as well if that was released first right it it never would have yeah uh, i don't think lucas planned it that way but I think it was a happy accident that, you know, he, he realized four, five, and six were going to be his first movies. Then, you know, you go back and you do one, two, three. And then, of course, later on, you know, you become a sellout. You sell to Disney and let them do seven, eight, nine. And I'm sure, you know, at one point we'll probably talk about those as well. But one, two, and three would not have been the movies they were without four, five, and six. Yeah, and also you have to consider the prequels were more special effects driven than yes. the original trilogy. I think if you'd have tried to have made the prequels back in 77, that I think the... It Maybe the holes in the script would have been more glaringly obvious. I think sure. the special effects took away from some of the bad scripts in the prequels, whereas the original trilogy, although the special effects were great for that time, you know, we look at them now, or maybe even 20 years ago, and they, they aged, you know, pretty badly. I mean, we have, you know, all of the Star Wars movies in 4K quality, and watching the original trilogy in 4K is very, very difficult. You right. almost have to put it down to 480p to be able to enjoy the movie in some respect. Sure, yeah, you can look at the original trilogy right now in, like you say, the 4K, and you can start seeing you know, some of the quote-unquote bad special effects, but I've, I've heard the story that I did not see the you know, first movie, episode 4, in the theater uh, it was out before I was born, but... That's no excuse. Uh, I, well, you know, what are you going to do? But I do remember seeing it on TV at home, and still that opening scene was just amazing, and that's what blew most people away with Star Wars. And so Lucas knew that he had to have something very similar to that in the prequel trilogy with that wow look at these special effects and he has a lot of cgi a lot of green screen a lot of all that but you know look it, it's the 99 you know i'm guessing you know he's making the movie 90 late 97 you know through 98 whatever releases it in 99 looking back on it 20 years ago there's a lot of movies that probably try to get that level of CGI and still struggle with it because he still has that creative ability to to make it feel as real as he possibly could 
with the technology he had available. Now, you know, every episode I try and get at least one opportunity to prove why you should never be allowed on the prices right. Okay. And so I wanted to get yep. this. I wanted to get this one in early, and I here think this, we go. I think it, this is going to be the only one during this right, podcast. Right, uh, another stump the shepherd. Yeah, which yeah. I, I think you're uh, fifty for fifty. Yeah, yeah. So um, the original trilogy, obviously very successful at the box office, and yep. I think at the time they came out, they were the highest grossing movies at that point. And and by the way, my wife will explain to you that I had a hand in that because when episode one came out, we saw it seven times in the theater. Yeah. Seven times. Right. Even though, and I'm sure we're going to get into the reasons why it burns me, but I still watched it seven times in the movie theater. Yeah. Now, the original trilogy, take away the re-releases, the releases on DVD... Um, you know, Blu-ray. Oh, oh back up, back stuff. up, because releases on VHS. You're yeah. leaving out VHS. Right. Uh, yeah. I had three yeah. copies of oh, it and that Laser I disc. bought. Laserdisc as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I wasn't highfalutin like you. We didn't have a laser well, disc player. Well, I didn't either. But, you know, I, I, had, I had four copies of the original trilogy on VHS, uh, one that we taped off of television on our Curtis Mathis VCR, and then I had an original set, I had a THX set, and I had a special edition set, all on VHS. Right. So, the question. Hmm. How much did the original trilogy earn at the box office alone from their primary runs? Not the re-releases Ooh, and everything. Combined, gosh. the original trilogy. And, and now are we talking in, you know, late 70s, early 80s dollar figures? Well, yeah, 77 okay. through 82, 83, yeah. whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm going to guess $500 million. It, $500 million. Yeah. No, it was actually one point two billion, which wow. was a, which was actually I thought that's huge. quite a lot less. Really? Now I, now I know it was you know forty odd years ago. Well, that and and of course that's why I went with like a half not a billion for dollars. Yeah, not, not adjusted, adjusted for, for inflation. inflation. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what what was the number again? One point two billion. That that's huge though. Now now take into account. Uh, and I, that's just the box office. Yeah. Take into account Avatar, I think, was something like a just under $2 billion worldwide at the box office by itself. I hate Avatar. Yeah. That's a Canadian um, movie. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that impressed it's, with Avatar. Yeah, it's a Canadian movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of sequels, I am... Well, I mean, obviously, we're both looking forward to the Velocipasta 2. Yes. More than Avatar 2. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think they ought to take some, I, you know, just take 1% of the budget from Avatar 2 and give it to the guy right. making Velocipaster yeah. 2. Just, just 1%. Well, uh, that's not well, that I, much. I had actually read reports that Avatar 2 will actually cost far less to make than the first Avatar movie just because it's a lot easier now to do those special effects and because they have obviously the original way of doing it from the first movie that the second movie it's going to be way it's, cheaper to be able to yeah, actually produce what are they the going to do they're just going to cut and paste control yeah. c control v sure. that, that's what yeah. they're going to do with yeah. a lot of it let's be honest yeah it's just to me just like an adult version of the smurfs yeah yeah 
Now, they're the same. They're blue, right? <laughs> the, the, yeah. the Avatar people are blue and blue. the Smurfs are blue. So, yeah. So you're not trying to fool my colorblindness. One of them's purple right. and you're just trying. Yeah. Okay, okay they're all, all blue. Right. Okay. Now, enough. from that 1.2 billion. The Oompa Loompas were blue or were they purple? Uh, ooh, I think they were kind of like um, lack of oxygen type blue. Oh, You know, asphyxication okay. type blue. Still blue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, with the original trilogy earning $1.2 billion at the box office, how much do you think the original budget for all three movies in the original trilogy was? Ooh, now, okay, so this might be a little bit of a trick question, because if I remember some of my Star Wars trivia, the budget for the first one wasn't that much, because right. the studios felt it was going to be a failure... Lucas was trying to stretch the, the budget then. Then all of a sudden it became this worldwide phenomenon. So he got a bigger budget for Empire and Jedi. Yeah. Uh, so original budget combined. So I've got to try to think, okay, you know, first movie, low budget, uh, second and third uh, budget. I'm going to go with $80 million. Uh, close, seventy-seven million. Oh, look at me go! Now I think so. Prices right rules. Yeah. I still lose, yeah. but but hey, I'm getting closer. Now Stump I've, the shepherd's yeah. getting a little bit harder for you, but you did pick a topic yeah. where I, I might know a little bit about what right. we're talking about. Now, now I think actually by episode six, the actual uh, actors' wages were far greater percentage of that budget than obviously for episode four yeah, it, because they I were believe, pretty much unknown yeah, for the it, most and part. And if you dig, and of course we're supposed to be talking about the prequels, mm. but I do remember reading something a long time ago that Sir Alec Guinness decided to take a piece of the movie right, yeah. rather than mm -hmm. a salary yeah. and, and things like that. So yeah. uh, I think that that made him some right. bank. Well, uh, well, you think? I mean, seventy-seven million, and it made one point two. I mean, that's twelve times return, roughly, right there. And right. then you're not talking, you know, again about all the re-releases, the release, yeah. uh, you know, DVD. Well, and, and even Lucas decided to take uh, the merchandising yeah. as his payday, yeah. and it wasn't even really the release of the movies, and that's where he made his fortune was the merchandising right. off of it. Now, and he invented that. But yeah. once again, that's original trilogy. We're supposed yeah. to be talking about prequels. See, here's what happens when we talk about Star Wars, because you're going to lead me down all these rabbit holes. So it's your responsibility well, to keep well, me on task here. Well, these are frames of reference. Okay. That's our excuse for oh, okay. drifting off. Oh, okay. So with the prequels, how much do you think they earned at the box office alone oh, combined? Uh, just the box office. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to have to say two billion bucks. Two billion with a B. Right. Now, it's two and a half billion, but that actually surprised me because it was that much later. I actually thought the number would be far, far greater. I would have thought just the Phantom Menace alone would have got, you know, a billion and a half yeah, by itself, you know? Yeah. I, the reason I, I was probably pretty close on that guess is, you know, not everybody went and saw episode one seven times like I did. Right. Uh, but you did have those Star Wars fans out there that, of course, they went, they saw it once. And now you're talking about the age of DVDs are, are popular. Uh, digital film is kind of getting there. It's not quite there yet. You know, most people are still buying I think what in '99 you're still buying VHS. I think yeah, uh, mm -hmm. but but you're also getting people that are buying DVDs, so they want to go see the movie in the yeah. movie theater. Yeah, but they're probably seeing it once, 
and then they're waiting for the release. Well, I mean, there were so, well, there so were DVD. There obviously were DVDs in '99 because I remember having movies on DVD. But it did surprise me because you have to remember, like you say, you went and saw the original Star Wars seven times. But you well, think, episode one seven yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to think that many years later. Obviously, the price of a ticket at the movie theater has gone up. Sure. So you'd figure that that, you know, two point five billion combined doesn't yeah. really sound like a lot to me. Yeah, but I don't you know why. Just... But you also got to remember, and and of course, in in the age of COVID that we're in now, uh, going to the movies is uh, a little bit different. Right. But back then, you know, you've got your release weekend, right? Yeah. And and so you got whatever they used to call it, where you couldn't use a coupon. They're not going to discount anything, but then it stayed in the movie theater for a long time. Right. So even the other studios, they're bringing out movies. And this was back in the day when I was going to the movie theater at least once a week with, you know, my now wife, my then girlfriend. And, I would say, well, there's nothing really good. Let's go watch Star Wars again. Right. And because it was Star Wars, I'd go ahead and pay for that ticket. So then you get the matinee price. And then you go to the dollar theater. I mean, remember the dollar theaters? Those are oh, basically we did, extinct we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have those in England. Yeah. Oh, no. We, you know, we had the dollar theater where you know, you'd, you'd go watch a movie at the dollar theater. And we called it the dollar theater because the ticket was a dollar. And you'd go do that, and then they even had like 50 cent Wednesdays, so you could go to the theater and see it again. So, you know, I'm not saying when I saw it seven times, I paid full price. It was probably full right. price two or three times, and then probably the dollar theater a couple of times, and maybe on 50 cent Wednesday, we, you know, were bored and we went to the movie theater, and I forced her to watch it again. She probably, you know, slept through it or whatever. So, I'm not surprised that the the figures weren't higher because of the way the movie ticket prices went. Yeah. Now the budget for the prequels, um, I'm not going to ask you to guess this because it's one of those things. Pick a number between one and twelve billion. Um, was actually three hundred and forty three million, which I think roughly works out at you know they made six times as much money at the box office as opposed to the original trilogy where they made 12 times as much right and again a lot of those um yeah but how much of that i wonder was i think put actors, towards marketing well, actors i mean yes you, yeah you have liam neeson yeah. right uh, it, he was a legitimate actor back then uh, you have Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. you know it, it, so so you've got a handful of actors yeah. Natalie Portman you know, you've got some names in there. Yep. Back, back when yeah. Star Wars was put out, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher kind of had a, a career, not big. Harrison Ford, that was his second kind of big movie. Yeah. He was in American Graffiti, but, you know, nothing big. Mark Hamill was unknown. Yeah. This Sir Alec Guinness, yeah. kind of known, but it, it was like, hey, what's this dude yeah. doing in this movie? Yeah. You know, and, and those were your names. And yeah. then you had... Uh, uh, Grand Moff Talkin. What was his name? Oh, uh, uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Yeah. You know, it, but he was more of a British known actor. Yeah. He, but very you know, famous, though. Anyway. Very famous he over, played Dra- over... He played Dracula for about yeah, 20, 30 years in yeah, the Hammer but, Horror Yeah, but famous, famous yeah. over in your part of the world. Yeah. Same with Alec Guinness. Yeah. Famous in your part of the world, not so much over yeah. here. Uh-huh. So, you know, and they filmed the old movies in Pinewood Studios over in mm-hmm. in England. And that's so the way that... Yeah. kind of made sense yeah. that, but you bring it over to America, 
not so many people knew. But yeah. you, you got the prequels. You got some names in there, but Jake Lloyd, nobody knew who he was. Yeah. And you got a handful of other people that floated around in that movie. Yeah. You know, well, Sam's. Ewan McGregor was decently well-known. At right. least again in England, he was, yeah. you know, with like Train Spotting mm. and some other movies. Exactly. He was pretty well-known. Liam, Liam Neeson was known. Natalie Portman was right. known. I mean, so you've yeah. got some names that are popping up here. Well, to Samuel say, L. Jackson as well. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you so you got yeah. Sam Jackson in the movie. Uh, you've got uh, Ian McDermott. It, it, I mean, we knew who he was. It, I mean, it, you knew from episode one, oh, that's the Emperor. It's Ian McDermott. I, you know, so so you've got some people signing on. And then, yeah. of course, you got Anthony Daniels playing C-3PO, who was already known for being C-3PO in the movie. He's like, okay, you know, you're going to make me put on this gold suit again. You're going to write me a big fat right. check, you know, because if you don't write me this big fat check everybody's going to be a little bit hacked off that you didn't get me as original. And Kenny Baker is R2-D2. Yeah. They put him in the movie, even though R2 was a lot of CGI, they still had Kenny Baker in that movie. So they had to cut him a big fat check. Now, do you think any midget could have played the role of R2-D2? No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 I'm, I'm thinking maybe Peter Dinklage, but... No, not so much. Maybe <laughs> maybe Brad Williams. Well, what uh, about what about R2D2's great personality convinces you that nobody else could have played the role? Oh, I love R2D2. Oh, I know that. I, I but, know you you know I love R2D2, but and I know you love it, midgets, but this I know. is why I thought this yeah, was a perfect it, question for you. It, exactly. It, yeah, that Kenny Baker is R2D2. I mean, nobody can do it and and once again, not to get down this rabbit hole, but you know, rest in peace Peter Mayhew. I know we got the new dude that was playing Chewbacca, but there's just something about knowing Peter Mayhew was in the Chewbacca yeah. suit. I and think he walked a, in a special way. You know? Yeah, there, there was something about it. Yeah. There, there, there was something about R2-D2 and knowing Kenny Baker was in there. That, that just did it for me. Yeah, It's just the way it is. Now, with the prequels, there were obviously some, I want to say maybe surprises at some of the casting now okay i was kind of a bit apprehensive with ewan mcgregor playing obi-wan kenobi why just simply because you know i think outside of train spotting i wasn't necessarily a big ewan mcgregor fan sure and i think because we'd waited so long we all expected these huge name stars playing these roles and then it was like oh ewan mcgregor's gonna play you know uh, one of the most important roles, I, I you know, think in the Star you, Wars universe. I think if you to put too many big names in, it kind of ruins what Star Wars is all about, though. Uh, Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor were fairly good names. Not ginormous names, but but fairly big names. And quite honestly, when you talk about the actors that are in the prequels, I mean, look, I'm a huge Samuel L. Jackson fan great actor it honestly i don't think there's a movie he's made that i didn't like uh but i struggled with him in star wars i i i still struggle with him in star wars to this day because i thought he fitted perfectly no because you you look at him and you say that's samuel l jackson sitting there i mean that that's jewels from pulp fiction it it, this is not right there's something that's off here and he did Mm -hmm. a good job you know, he had his purple lightsaber and, you know, the only Jedi apparently in the galaxy that had one. But 
something was off by him being in that movie. Now, mildly off topic, did you name your son Jake after the actor who played Anakin in <laughs> Phantom Menace? No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, going back to an 80s movie, Jake was named after Jake Ryan from 16 Candles. Oh, oh yeah, you told me yeah, that but, before. You know, w- when Mason was born, he was supposed to be named Chewbacca. And I, I remember had, you telling I, me that. <laughs> I had the paperwork filled out in the hospital, and I said, you know, look, it, why don't we name him Chewbacca Mason, and then we'll call him Mason, and then, you know, my wife, of course, she's Hispanic. I said, we can tell all your family, we'll just call him Chewy, and they're just going to think it's right. C-H-U-Y, yeah. and they're not going to get it. And yeah. uh, she wouldn't let me do it. Wow. Uh, typical... Typical Lisa, you know, won't let me do what I want to do. And even today, I think we regret the decision that we didn't name him Chewbacca. Yeah, it was amazing I got away with naming my son, giving him the middle name Wolf, to yeah. be honest. There you go. I you mean, know. I mean, we, we every once in a while get that, that <laughs> little gift, yeah. but uh, it, rarely do we yeah. get it. But uh, The deal I, was she chose this first name and I chose the middle name. And she actually, the first name she chose, you know, his name is Xander, and that was actually the name of my best friend right from, you know, kindergarten. So that was right. kind of a win-win situation with that. Yep. Now, jumping back on the topic with the prequels, with Anakin, the casting, I think, for The Phantom Menace, I think he did a good job, I think, the kid. Yeah. I, it'd be hard. He did a good job. With the role he was in, you really didn't want somebody that much more charismatic just simply because of his circumstances of being right. a slave kid. You know, you, you didn't want somebody who was just going to be popping jokes and it being slapstick, yeah. you know, every two minutes. So I think that was a good role. But once we get to episode two and three, mm, one of the biggest critiques of the Star Wars yeah. universe is the casting of Anakin Starwalker. Yep. Skywalker. Skywalker, Starwalker. Oh. oh. oh yeah. Well, he was originally going to be called something like Star... Star Killer. Star Killer or something. Yeah, yeah. it was Star Killer. I'm glad they it, didn't go with that. Yeah, then it went Skywalker. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, not not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan of him at all. Now, did you know Leonardo DiCaprio was first off of that role? Uh, in two and three? Yeah. That and would he, have been bad. Uh, and he, tur- I, he turned it down because he believed he was not a big enough star to appear wow. in, at that point in his career to star in a um, franchise as big as Star Wars. Imagine if Leonardo DiCaprio had been yeah, Anakin Skywalker. You know, early on, I was not a DiCaprio fan. Uh, I, I really wasn't. Uh, I, I, I tend to remember him from... Uh, the movie Benny and June. Yeah, he was in some wishy-washy uh, yeah, and, and romance he movies. He was in Romeo Growing Pain, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. And for a long time, I was What's Eating not... Gilbert Grape? Was he in there with you? Oh, that, yeah. no, that that's the one. I said yeah. Benny and June. I yeah, meant yeah. What's Eating yeah, Gilbert Grape. Yeah, that was what Johnny Depp was in. That yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so for, for a long time, I was not a DiCaprio fan. And then it seemed like DiCaprio turned around and just kind of changed his career a little bit. And I can't peg the movie exactly when it happened. But then, you know, I, 
I love seeing him in Django Unchained. I mean, I mean, he's fantastic in that movie. Yeah, and, Inception uh, is incredible. Inception. I want to Shutter Island. Shutter Island Shutter, is fantastic. You know, in that. It, just all of a sudden, yeah. something happened with DiCaprio, and yeah. now I'm a DiCaprio. I think it fan. was after Titanic because I think that was the yeah. last last of his it, heartthrob type right. roles. Right. It, it, you know, you bring that up, it, and I struggled with him in that movie. Uh, great movie. Uh, I liked the movie for the historical aspect and you know the the special effects and watching the boat sink and all that but you know i even struggled with him through that movie because i remember when it came out i was 97 thinking i really want to see a movie about the titanic but i don't know if i can put up yeah. with leonardo dicaprio i, I was for impressed three i wasn't hours. expecting much i went with my girlfriend at the time yeah. and i went if you know i hadn't have been dating her there's no way i would have gone saw her yeah uh, oh, I know. I, I remember the, the first time I saw it, we went to a kind of a late showing, Lisa and I and a couple of friends of ours, and Lisa got mad because the guy that was, you know, the, the two friends of ours, he was getting bored with the movie. He hated love story movies and just that scene where the guy is falling off and then smacks into the propeller mm -hmm. and spins around. Yeah. He started laughing just really <laughs> loud in the theater yeah. and everything. And so I started laughing too, cause I thought it was funny. And Lisa was not happy about the fact that we were laughing at that part. Cause right. you know, the girls, they're all kind of almost crying because everything's sad. And we're like, Oh, look at that guy flipping around yeah. because he hit the propeller. But, but going back to, uh, Hayden Christensen, uh, yeah, I I still I struggle with him in that movie. He he was not a good actor. Uh, he he did his stunt scenes well, if that was really him. But I still cringe, kind of yeah. thinking about him in two and three of of how he you know, was supposed to be that representative yeah. of one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time, Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker. And I still, to this day, don't really look at him as Anakin yeah. Skywalker. Now, Paul Walker of the Fast and Furious movies was uh, very interested in the role hmm. for Anakin Skywalker, but didn't get it. I think he would have wow. been a great choice. I mean, he's... You yeah, uh, you know, and it would probably been better now that he's dead, you know, because Hayden Christensen's still alive. So it, at least we wouldn't have to worry about some bizarre reboot of Disney making a movie, you know, in between two and three, like, you know, the Clone Wars cartoon or something yeah. like that. Uh, we wouldn't have to worry about that, but uh, we do have to worry about that with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. So. Now, do you remember how many years... Phantom Menace is set before episode four? Uh, no. I, you know, if, if you look at the timeline of Star Wars uh, from the originals to the trilogy and you think about how old Luke and Leia are supposed to be, you know, you would have to guess uh, somewhere around 30 years 30 yeah. somewhere between 30 and 35 years yeah. would be my guess it's, from yeah, four back to one yeah it's it's 32 years okay uh between yeah. there now um i i thought george lucas had actually sold lucasfilm to disney earlier than he actually did he actually sold it um in 2012 hmm. but um by the time it got to 2015 i think the estimate on how much Star Wars merchandise was worth per year worldwide 
was between five and seven billion. Wow. Now, do you think at that point George Lucas had so much money and just wanted to clear it out? And Star Wars was like, oh, if anybody's going to take this franchise and have the money to send it in the direction I foresaw, it's Disney. Or do you think it's probably one of the most undersold kind well, of... Well, <laughs> okay, so uh, here's something we rarely do on the show. Uh, in I, I think this is important for this point. 2012 is where he sold Star Wars. Yeah. How old was he in 2012? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so so we rarely do this, but I'm going to grab my phone here real quick, and I'm going to look up... Ask Siri. Don't type it. Ask Siri. Uh, oh, oh, we're going to ask Siri? Yeah. Oh, this might be a great experiment. So, hey, Siri. How old is George Lucas? George Lucas is 76 years old. Okay, so we're in 2020, of course, the age yeah. of COVID, yeah. right? So, so he was 68. So he, he was it. 68. Okay, so uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is, you know, you're 68 years old. You've, you know, you, you've created Star Wars, you've created Indiana Jones, you, you've done all this stuff, right? Uh, you've amassed this huge fortune, you've had uh, Skywalker Sound, you've done all this. Yeah. So at 68, don't you say... Okay, four billion bucks. Yeah, I'm good. Even if I live to a hundred, yeah. how am I going to go through four billion bucks well, in the next thirty years? It depends years? how and, many kids and grandkids and, he has. Yeah, you know, but but lineage. am I also kind of tired? Yeah. You know, I, I I've done this my whole life. I, yeah. I need to retire, just like your normal person who at yeah. sixty eight years old would probably say. Uh, maybe I've got thirty years left in me. Maybe yeah. you know I'm a wealthy man. I, how much money do I need to live the rest of my life? I really do just want to sit on the rocking chair yeah. on the front porch and actually enjoy the fruits of my labor. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. And you've got to think also that, you know, despite the fact the headliner from that deal was, you know, he sold Lucasfilm for $4 billion, you've got to think he still had some rights, merchandise percentage and movie percentage oh, yeah. built into that deal. Just give me 1% of everything. Yeah, we're, ne film. we're never going to know all those details. And, and of course, like I said, you got to remember, he didn't sell Star Wars to Disney. He sold Lucasfilm, Lucas yeah. which is Indiana Jones and, and some right. other projects that he had. So, so it, taking out just that Star Wars portion... I think Disney got a deal. Oh, I mean, well, they they, they you know, really got yeah. a deal on that. And but Lucas got a deal also because he could walk away. He yeah. he could he could actually sit back. In, but he didn't though, did he? I mean, he still had pretty active involvement. Well, it, yeah, but that was you his know, choice. Yeah, you know, he could have easily sat on that rocking chair on the front porch and said, "You know what? I made my money. I'm good." Y'all do with it what you want. Yeah. And let's be honest, that's what Disney did. Yeah. But uh, another rabbit hole, and yeah. we'll probably talk about that later, but let's focus on the prequels. Now, mo now move into probably the most important part of this podcast. For as long as I've known you, obviously known you're a huge Star Wars fan. And also, I know it's been a while since you've watched the prequels. But it I, has. But I think that's actually a good In full thing. disclosure, yeah. I have not watched any of the prequels yeah. in years. Yeah. So, for the uh, listeners who perhaps, you know, might not necessarily be great Star Wars fans, and also those who are very, very nerdy about Star Wars, I want to have the Shepherd's Breakdown 
plot <laughs> and what he thought of each of the prequels. So going oh. from like the Phantom Menace, just break down the plot as you understand it and also what you thought overall of that uh, movie. But kind of avoid, you know kind of plot holes and don't go right. on about Jar Jar too much before because oh, we're going to break the cursing rule if yeah, we go on about yeah, him too Jar much. Yeah, Jar Jar so. is Canadian as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, episode one, you know, the, you've got this political junk going on and it's almost like Lucas tried to confuse everybody by saying, hey, let's throw some politics into the mix here. Let, let's uh, talk about the Trade Federation and blockades and political discourse so, you know, the Jedi, they're in power, and so what do they do? You know, the the council or whatever, they say, hey, let's let's go send some dudes over there and do some negotiations. Next thing you know, uh, civil war almost breaks out. Uh, you meet a little slave boy on uh, Tatooine because, you know, you got to escape this planet. Uh, you go ahead and do a pod race. And all of a sudden, this slave boy who's never actually finished a race somehow wins the race. You get off the planet, and you save Naboo. And next thing you know, oh, okay, you know, now we're going to watch this little slave boy, figure out what he's going to do. Palpatine is sitting there like, oh, I know what you're going to do. I, I see this. I know what you're going to do. I, I get that. So that, that would be the plot of episode one. And then uh, <laughs> you you go to episode two. So we completely missed out Darth Maul and everything else. And <sighs> you know, Darth Maul is one of those characters <laughs> that didn't get enough screen time. Uh, and and now they've tried later on yeah, to we're try to resurrect him, him and, and everything. And, and that's check. kind of frustrating. But... You know, uh, and and maybe I shortchanged episode one a little bit. I mean, you know, there's some great late lightsaber battles and and all that good stuff. And you know, well, you Qui missed out the whole prophecy thing and about him being bringing balance to the force as well. That was a very important uh, part of that movie. See, I don't believe that though. I I believe the balance to the force was actually Leia. So that that's why I well, didn't bring but, it up. But, that, but I'm yeah, saying that see, was they got in the, the movie, though. They got the prophecy wrong right. in that. It, the prophecy was still there, but uh, but no, it, uh, Anakin won the one that brought balance to the Force. Ended up being Leia later on. Uh, changed my mind on that. I I know I'm correct. But you know that that's basically Episode One, right? And of course, it's a setup movie too. You know, it's like, oh, okay, Anakin magically makes C-3PO. And doesn't put any skins on him, anything, but you know, obviously sees him. I mean, I think in Empire Strikes Back, yeah, don't go where, there yet. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. No, but, no uh, plot holes. Yeah, yeah, but you know, and also, it, you know, we we start the introductions, right? We meet C three PO, we meet R two D two, we meet Obi Wan Kenobi, you know. It, so it's like, oh, okay, so here's where these people are coming and from, and maybe right? even Yoda. <laughs> Let's not forget Yoda. Uh, yeah, true, true. <laughs> So then we go to episode two, and uh, that's uh, episodes two and three. I'm going to be honest with you. I struggle a little bit in my memory of exactly what happened on those. I've seen them multiple times, watched them with my kids and everything, but I just don't watch them all that often anymore. But, you know, I remember when episode two came out and, you know, it was called Attack of the Clones. I'm like, oh, oh. 
So the Clone Wars. So we're mm. we're finally going to figure out what the Clone right. Wars are. That's referenced and, in Episode Four. And, yeah, and and so it, so now we're going to get to figure out exactly what this is. And Episode Two to me, giant mess. Uh, you know, it was an entertaining movie. I I didn't take a a whole lot from Episode Two. Uh, it's probably of all the Star Wars movies. Outside of the uh, the final movies, because I've watched Episode Eight exactly twice, uh, Episode Nine I think twice, uh, but if you go back to the prequels, I probably watched Episode Two I don't know ten fifteen times, Episode Three more than that, but when I've watched Episode Two, it's been years ago. Just don't remember too much about it. it. It's really kind of a blur to me. Uh, you know, you meet Django Fett, and then you say, oh, oh, look, little Boba Fett. Oh, look at him. Look how cute he is. And then you find out, okay, well, the clone troopers are clones. Makes sense. That's why they're called clone troopers. But uh, it just kind of weak on that side, but some good action scenes. Then you get to episode three. Well, wait. At the end of episode two, of course, you've got the marriage, the secret marriage between Anakin and Padme. And uh, Anakin doesn't like sand, and Anakin likes to lay in a field full of flowers and say, oh, I love you, and all that, and just uh, shoot me in the head. So then we go on to episode three, and and now it's, you know, Revenge of the Sith. And and here we go, and, and you know that you're going to get to see Vader. And, you know... Obi-Wan has the high ground. I mean, that, that battle on Mustafar, that lightsaber battle, it's probably the best part of that movie. You know, watching that and, and seeing the pain. But then, towards the end of the movie, you, you look and, and you say, oh, all this technology all around me, and I die in childbirth because I don't have the will to live. It's like, really? They don't have a button somewhere that's well, like, oh, felt oh let me give you will to live. Click here. Yeah. Okay, and now you're going to live. But that's how I felt watching episode eight. Almost oh, lost the will to live. Yeah, that. yeah exactly. Yeah. We have all this technology. We can cut your arm off and then put a new arm on there. And we can cut your leg off, put a new leg. In fact, in episode three, I mean, Anakin's a burnt up little Chris, mm. right? He, he's a a pizza that you left in the oven all night long. And somehow we can magically make him live, but we can't figure out how to give somebody the will to live. Sorry, not yeah. buying that. Just not buying it. Okay. Well, as an alternate recap of the prequels, um, basically if the shepherd had had more time to think about it, it would have gone something like this. Some people are flying in space they land somewhere and there's a funny looking queen with really weird makeup and she looks really young. In goofy clothes. And some droids turn up, don't know where they came from, start causing trouble. Then some even funnier looking people start making outrageous trade demands. This guy with a really funny painted face turns up periodically, keeps trying to ruin everything for everybody. This young kid who looks like he's living in the Sahara Desert uh, races this floating car that he's made, somehow wins a race. The two heroes who we were originally introduced to manage to get to fly off the planet. Uh, they meet some really tall, gangly, annoying character who 
curses our lives for the next six or seven years. Um, then at the end, everything's happy and we find out there's even more of those tall, annoying people. We go into episode two, which now, seems to make you me know, seasick. The, the ironic part about your description of episode <laughs> one is until you got to the floating car, yeah, it kind of sounded like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So now episode no, two, according to the wall. Episode two, um, in the Shepherd style recap, episode two. Yeah, there's a lot of water. Uh, made me feel a little bit seasick on the big screen. Met some cool clones. Got a little bit of an early view into the origins of Boba Fett. Yeah, because we also called our buddy Steven Spielberg, and he said, hey, can you make the guys that make the clones kind of look like the aliens from Close Encounters of the Third right. Kind? Yeah. But and just taller? Yeah. Because uh, my budget wasn't that big yeah. for Close Encounters, so I had to hire yeah. midgets to, to play them. Yeah. So, so make them really tall, yeah. but, but make them look so, that same so anyway, way. Jar Jar in there again somehow managed to get himself a political hey, we, seat we worst do, mistake ever we do not curse on this podcast you just said jar jar beep well, yeah, yeah 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 that is a curse and, word um there was some cool lightsaber battles and a lot of unnecessary love interests which probably ruined the prequels more than anything else other than jar jar we get into episode three but let's also remember how long has yoda just been walking around pretending to be crippled but then all of a sudden he whips out a lightsaber and he flips all over the place well but just then like padme lost the will to live he got the will to fight oh, oh so anyway a, such a giant plot anyway hole. episode three finally the worst keep kept secret in the world is released that uh, anakin skywalker becomes Darth Vader, yoda gets an injection of ketamine or something like that and jumps around a little bit, gets some steroids, but then kind of gets fatigued. Um, Padme dies after naming the kids again. Uh, there was some cool special effects in the middle. So that's a, that is a beginner's guide to the trilogy, the uh, prequels from the shepherd and the wolf for those who and, uh, and by the way uh, Yoda is is friends with the Wookiees we do kind of yeah. meet Chewbacca in there a little bit yeah. Han Solo's nowhere to be found which is kind of weird no or do I have <laughs> my really. timeline you off? don't time like messed uh, up my timeline remember off. when Solo oh is that's up. right Solo yeah. is after that okay yeah yeah but but you know, Solo's like 3.1. Yeah, that's right. List. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, if Yoda's so much of a friend of the Wookiees, why can't he just take piggyback rides with them? Well, I don't know. I mean, again, let's, let's forget the plot holes. I, I think Yoda went to the DMV and <laughs> faked that injury so he could park in handicap spots. <laughs> well, <laughs> going through the uh, prequels. Phantom Menace, what is your favorite part of the movie and what is your least favorite part about the movie? Favorite part of the movie is the podcast or the podcast. The podcast, <laughs> the, the podcast that was in that, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember what part the podcast was. Now, the pod racing. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that uh, obviously tons and tons and tons of CGI, but uh, probably the best scene in there. Uh, very close second would be the lightsaber fight between Maul and Qui Gon and everything. But 
but yeah, uh, favorite scene. It, honestly, I like the podcast. <laughs> See, I did it again. That's what we get for yeah. being podcasters, right? I like the pod racing scene more than I like the lightsaber fight. Huh. I, I honestly do. Although, lightsaber fight with uh, Duel of the Fates, song by John Williams. I mean, great, great song. I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, it, it's close. It, it's almost a tie. Right. Uh, worst wor- part. Worst, worst part. Worst part of the movie. Worst part of the movie. Gosh, uh, there's so many. Uh, anything with Jar Jar. Yeah. Beep. Yeah, cuss word. Uh, yeah, anything, anything with him and the Gungans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely detested, hate it, right. hate it, absolutely hate it. If if Star Wars was going to get onto the topic of genocide, I would have been a fan of genocide the against the Gungans. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, that that was a mistake. Yeah, that that they didn't just perform genocide and get rid of the Gungans. Yeah, my my favorite part. Uh, Phantom Menace is actually the lightsaber duel with uh, Darth Maul. My least favorite part, other than the obvious, is I, I just think there were a hundred different ways you could have done that movie, and that was probably in the bottom three, just in terms of you know the way Anakin was found and how his background is explained, and right. you know for the stuff for them to get off of, you know. The planet for me, I I just think it was just shoddy, shoddy script writing. So I mean that that I know that's kind of a hole as such as a, a W H O L E. But yeah, for me, the worst thing about that movie was the overall plot. I think it was a yeah. very, very poor plot. And you've got a character as cool as Darth Maul, and he's on the screen for barely any time at all. Now I yeah. know in the original Star Wars trilogy, Darth Vader's not on the screen that yeah. much in Episode Four. Um. But the rest of the but the thing is the rest of the script and the plot was good. So sure. that so that's okay. True. You know? Absolutely true. Now moving on to Attack of the Clones, what is your favorite part and least favorite part of that movie? Oh man. Attack of the Clones for me was just honestly such a nap. I mean it, it really was. Uh I do like the uh scene whenever you know, they're captured and those little monsters come out there and they're going to fight the monsters and then the Jedi show up and you got the big battle, right? That's probably the best part of the movie for Is me. Is it Padme's outfit? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little, a bit. little bit. Well, let's be honest. A little, <laughs> little bit there. Yeah. I mean, it, a little it's, bit it's Princess it, Leia-ish. It, yeah, it, it, it's not Slave Leia outfit, but... A little bit, a little bit. I'll get a little bit. Worst part of the movie. I mean, just basically almost all the rest of it. I, <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, Anakin being so whiny, and you know, I don't like the sand, and and it I hate it, the sand. It gets yeah, everywhere. Yeah, and, and laying in the in the field, and it it was just so forced, and uh, yeah. Uh, there you go. I think my favorite part was. Obi-Wan's uh, battle with Jango Fett. Wasn't bad. And my least favorite part but, was the entire you know, romance thing. Yeah, but but remember, you know, Jango Fett, the, who were the people that decided to make clones, whatever whatever they were called, can't remember. You know, they, they picked Jango Fett, right? This mm. supposed just great warrior and all that. And... He has this one battle, 
and he gets his head cut off. And then you got little Boba walking up there saying, oh, let me pick up my dad's head in his helmet and stare at it. it it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, you know, you, you go somewhere and let's say you're some kind of Scottish warrior and you're fighting with your dad and your dad gets his head cut off. Do you really walk up to the battlefield and pick your dad's head up and look at it and say, you know, oh, I'm going to plot my revenge? Well, no. none of us really know what we're doing in that situation. But remember, he was fighting a Jedi, so it wasn't like he was fighting a regular regular person yeah well yeah but a lot of jedis got slaughtered i mean and i know you're about to move to episode yeah. three but i mean let, let's talk about the, the best and worst parts of episode three i mean you've got these jedis and they're practicing this ancient religion and they're all powerful they've got jedi mind tricks they're using a lightsaber they're doing all this and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody gets a text message saying, oh, execute order 66, yeah. let's kill them all. And then just boom, all of a sudden they all die. How powerful were these guys that somebody can send a text message and just say, you know, it's almost like Twitter that somebody puts on Twitter, uh, let's, let's cancel Robert Downey Jr. Uh, we don't like him anymore. It, it was almost like that. It's like somebody put... Hashtag order 66, yeah. hashtag cancel Jedi. I want to know their cell phone you know, provider was. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they never really had any messaging problems, did they? That, uh, they, and, they were not using yeah. AT&T. And this, sure. this, this is a fantastic aside, which has got nothing to do with Star Wars whatsoever. But on the note of cell phone providers, I remember on one of Joe Rogan's stand-ups and he was um, discussing Osama Bin Laden and when he got killed and he's saying that... Um, you know, Osama bin Laden, you know, orchestrated the 9-11 attacks and all this from a cave in Afghanistan. And Joe Rogan said, you know, I should have been focused on, you know, the tragedy, um, how this could have happened, how it could have, you know, got through all the, you know, loopholes, all of this. He said, I should have been thinking that. But my first thought was, huh. I wonder who this guy's cell phone provider is. Yeah. He said, I can't, I can't get a signal. I can't get more than three bars down the center of Main Street. And here's this guy in a cave in Afghanistan being able to broadcast and right. send out videos to the world. Anyway, that's a huge aside. Um, my favorite part, Revenge of the Sith, I think, is the final battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin. I Absolutely. Think, uh, you know, I think Hands that was down, good, best part of the movie. Yeah. The worst part for me, again, was the romance and also the kind of, like you say, when Padme loses the will to live and the number of different ways they could have killed her off and it came down to that. Uh, I think, again, it was just such sloppy writing. I feel like probably for all three movies, you know, somebody tried to have a brainstorming situation and it's like, all right, there's five of us here. We've got eight minutes to write down the plot for each movie. Go. Right. And yeah. by the way, before we do this, let's all take 10 shots of Jameson. Yeah. So we're completely drunk. Yeah. Let, let's uh, let's drink, I don't know, 12 Alien Ale beers from Martian Margaritas. Right. You know, let, let's just get so plowed that we don't know what we're doing and then write it all out. And yeah. then all of a sudden they pushed it in front of George and they said, okay, George... Uh, here's some Alien Ale brew from Martian Margaritas. I want you to drink this six-pack. Then yeah. I want you to read this script and then go ahead and approve it. And he's sitting there saying, oh, okay, well, you know, uh, looks good to me. And then he signs his name off on it. Well, I have to disagree with you there because I think if I had a 12-pack of Alien Ale, I think 
I would be that happy that I would have written three consecutive masterpieces because that beer makes me feel really, really good. <sighs> Excellent point. Yeah. Now, jumping back to the prequels, and this is something which is discussed a lot, especially since, you know, more internet usage since the movies came out. And this is the plot holes, which is why I was trying to dissuade you kind of oh. going off on that well, tangent earlier. Yeah. Now, well, see, the, this is why we should actually have pre-production meetings. But, you know, <laughs> what, why are we going to actually do that, right? So, okay. I, now, now, now I realize why you were arguing yeah. with me. So, okay, uh, I think I only, t- I think I only told you the topic about 30 seconds before we started the podcast. Well, no, it wasn't even 30 seconds, but yeah. I, I appreciate you trying yeah. to give me a little bit of leeway right. there. Anyway, I'm, I mean, if we were a real podcast, right, you'd have said, hey, uh, tomorrow we're going to do something on the prequels. So how long is it going to take you to go ahead and watch the movies and refresh yourself yeah. rather than walking or even in? Go, even going on Wikipedia. Yeah, just getting yeah a refresher. Give, give, give me something yeah. rather than sitting down yeah. saying, okay, uh, microphone's plugged in. Yeah, okay, we're going to talk about the prequels. So go ahead and hit record. Yeah. So, um, but that's how we yeah. roll. There, there's obviously lots of plot holes throughout all three trilogies, oh, especially yes. like the original trilogy. But and now, are are we going to be allowed to talk about the later movies? Well, in we this? can as a okay. reference, but okay. only as a reference to the prequels, gotcha. right? So, you can understand plot holes when you look back at it in the original Star Wars trilogy, right? But the prequels actually had something to anchor off reverse engineer and work from so they really didn't have an excuse to have plot holes between the prequels and the original trilogy other than sloppiness that's true so what i found here and um, by the way they had years of ability to go back and watch this and and we're talking about when the prequels were made i mean we we've already talked about how many vhs copies i had dvd i mean you've got you know, fandom out there that's talking about it, yeah. theories and, and all kinds of research. Well, there was an entire it, alternate Star Wars universe by right. the time the prequels were even made, you yeah. know? They could have actually just followed any of those plots which yeah. the fans had written for years and years yeah, and it that, turned out to all be the, All the work was already done for yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there are dozens and dozens of plot holes um, mentioned on the internet and I figured I'd just pick uh, 10. Okay. Um, and it wasn't all from one website. Some of them seemed a bit, Good. little bit yeah. lousy. And I didn't think it was really plot holes. Well, I just it, think it was somebody who didn't really honest, think about it. Let's be honest. If you had to scroll down with your mouse, you weren't going any farther than that. Right. So whatever yeah. was on the screen was right. what well, you well, well, I have a rule when I scroll down with a mouse. I don't reset my finger. If I can't reach the target by the time my forefinger has reached the end of that scroll, I'm not going any further. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, in Empire... Obi-Wan's ghost tells Luke that Yoda was the Jedi Master who instructed me. But we know in the prequels, clearly it shows it's Qui-Gon-In. Qui-Gon-Jin. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but when I don't think about him, I get him confused with the leader of North Korea. Yeah, it, he does kind of sound like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe China put but some, movie into the mov- or some money into the movies. But... Uh, so that plot hole, I could explain out that, you know, maybe off screen, Yoda was doing a lot of the teaching and then said, okay, you know, hey, Qui-Gon, you go ahead and take care of this guy. Because remember in the first movie in, in episode one, 
how Obi-Wan saying, you know, Master, if you would just, you know, obey the council, you would be on the council on this, that, and the other. And so maybe Yoda was like, ah, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm done teaching him. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get my handicap parking permit renewed. I got to look a little more crippled. So uh, you go ahead and take this guy over. Yeah, I, I don't think that really fills in that hole. Uh-huh. Um, this isn't so much as a plot hole as possibly the laziest explanation for anything in the entire entire Star Wars universe. Oh, are we going to talk about midi-chlorians? Yeah, Anakin being conceived by parthenogenesis, as in his mother says he has no father. Are you yeah. buying that story? I mean... Yeah, you know, I don't buy that story at all. That that She had me, a one-night stand exactly. with a sand person? Well, I can't imagine it being a sand person, uh, but... but yeah, something happened. I, I think there's a little bit of lying there. You know, she she just wanted to say, you know, oh, I don't know. All of a sudden, you know, I'm yeah. sitting here, and one day, now I'm pregnant with him. And and now yeah. he's got all these magic midi-chlorians. Now, maybe, maybe Yoda is his father, and because of whatever happened, maybe that's what crippled him, no. and that's why the midi-chlorian count went through the roof. Well, no, if the slave owner had been a human, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, we know what really went on, but given it was that flying Pokemon-type thing who owned, you know, um, right. Anakin and his mother, I kind of dis- I dispelled that immediate thought. So I think, no, I think she got a little bit drunk ah, on but, some homemade... Uh, yeah, some blue milk or yeah. something like that. Put a little rum in the blue yeah. milk. It, you know, you, you yeah. never know. But you know what? Maybe Yoda paid uh, old Big Nose for, you know, the... <laughs> One night. With... It, yeah, it, it, you never know. Yeah. It, you never know. Now, I actually thought, given she was supposed to look a bit rough and didn't have any makeup on, that she was actually decently attractive for... Her. She was a bit milfy, I think. Well, I guess that's what happens when you get old like yeah. you. I'm going to have to disagree with <laughs> you I'm, on that one. I'm going back to 1999, not now, son. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think anybody's actually put on their birth certificate parthenogenesis as the father? Well, what, I mean, <laughs> it, it, you've basically got two people in history, right? you got Jesus yeah. Christ and you've got Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker, yeah. yeah. And, uh-huh. and was this maybe a reach by George Lucas to say, you know, he's equal to Jesus? Because uh, well, I, I don't know. The North... I, uh, last time I checked, yeah. Anakin never changed water into wine. Right. So I mean, that would have been a good Jedi trick. Let's be honest. Well, um, North Rather Korea. Than... I don't know if it's. I don't think it's Kim Jong Un. I think it was his predecessor, his father. I think the uh, propaganda which was put out to the North Korean people. I can't remember if he was the one who didn't actually have a father. But and I quote this, and you can look this up on the interwebs. Apparently, he literally walked out of his mother's vagina. I think I remember something yeah. along those lines. The, the propaganda in North Korea yeah. is, is fascinating. But I still believe that and, more than Anakin Skywalker being conceived by parthenogenesis. I, I do too. Yeah. Anyway, so let's, let's move on away from... North Korea propaganda. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay. so Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Leia's mother, Padme, right, dial, dies in childbirth again. Laziest yep. death ever. 
Yeah, but uh, in return, lost, lost the yeah. will to live. Yeah, but in Return of the Jedi, Leia recalls her mother as beautiful, kind, and sad. Now, is she just going on hearsay, or is that just a huge plot hole they didn't yeah, bother checking out? It, you know, I, I almost wonder if that's one of those, you know, adopted parents that maybe the adopted mother died, and that question is never answered. Because you got Bail Organa, mm-hmm. right? That you know, takes yeah. over uh, for Leia, and that's how she ends up being a princess and all that other stuff. So, you know, maybe did her adopted mother know. die? But we're never really explained what what happened there. Right. But, yes, huge plot hole. Yeah. Why is technology so much more advanced in the prequels than in the original trilogy? I mean, you think even R2-D2 has a jetpack in, what is it, Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones. Yeah, he can fly around. He loses it. So so I read some deal a long time ago that said something happened to R2 and he got damaged and they couldn't repair it. Yeah, but that, you like, see, this is all uh, kind of yeah, like... Oh, I think that's sloppy yeah. writing once again. It's like technology advances over time. Right. It doesn't regress over time. I so. don't think you should let the audience have to think this much about how you fill in these holes. Right. You know? I, I totally agree. Yeah, it, it seemed like R2 had so many more capabilities in the prequels right. than he did in the original movies and then even, you know, into the sequels. Because some of these plot holes are so deep, I don't even think our friend Bill Burr, the whole digger, could fill them in. No, yeah. no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, they, they're much deeper than he's used yeah. to digging. And taking into account... And you especially because he's going to eat all of the... Barbecue from smoking oh, one yeah. little barbecue on the way it here. Up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let that slide until next time. Yeah. So, Bill, we're looking for you. Yeah. Bacon bits. That's what he ate. He ate the bacon bite stuff. I yeah, I know. What I, would have been probably you know the what? I'm still ones. a little worn out about that. I am. Yeah. I'm. I've actually. I think I got over it a little bit, and now I don't this think week I'm, I've got a little bit angry about no, it. No, I think I don't think I'm over it. I, I think we're just going to have to show back up to Aurora, Texas, and grab some alien ale yeah. from Martian Margaritas and sit there at Smoking Windmill and just prank call Bill until he shows up. Yeah, tell him we're going to buy him lunch, but instead we tell him we've both forgotten our Apple Watch. Yeah, and, and mm. then we tell him he's going to park in a specific parking space, but dig a hole so his car falls in the hole. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Given the prequels were more aimed probably at younger age kids than the sure. original trilogy was, you'd figure there'd be a little bit more imposition in terms of explaining why things, which is like why I said it's a bit lazy expecting the viewer to have to fill in the plot holes. Right. But in um, Attack of the Clones, it's strange that it was never explained why um, the Jedi Master, what was his, um, Sifo Dyas, ordered the clone army to be built. Because you don't hear anything else about, you know, yeah. Sifo-Dyas. And if he's the Jedi Master, how would he, without any authority from the Jedi Council, go and get millions of uh, clone troopers built? I mean, surely there must have been a budget, right? Yeah, but maybe it was one of those black budget items, you know, that, that they paid like 250 million galactic credits for yeah. a galactic toilet seat, and then that's how he was paying for it. Yeah, no, you know I know a lot about that stuff, but there's always a paper trail somehow. I don't mm. believe that Yoda didn't get his nosy little face in there somehow and be like, No, mm, item number 17. 
<laughs> Four yeah. trillion galactic credits. <laughs> yeah, but but then at the same time they're saying, "Hey Yoda, you need to go to the DMV and yeah. get your handicap parking well, permit." So, yeah. so you're saying he's distracted and he let yes, it slip, and he absolutely. missed that. He missed that meeting where they reviewed the budget. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. And and remember, you had a bunch of the uh, Jedi Council working from home. I mean, in the age of COVID we're in right now. You, you think about working from home as normal, but how many of those guys on the Jedi Council were phoning it in? I mean, well, they, there, there they, was at least one—the one with the pointy head. Who yeah, like exactly. He was, he was zooming. Yeah, he, he was exactly. Zoom. It, it, you know, it, this was foretelling. I mean, they, yeah. these dudes are working from home. Yeah. They're they're lazy. Right. I, I think maybe a lot of it, it kind of like you talk about the plot holes. The Jedi's got lazy. It's like I'm not I'm not gonna hop on a starship and you know get over to Coruscant or whatever and go to a meeting. I can work from home. I, you know I I don't even have my whole Jedi robe on. You know I've got boxer shorts on down here. I've just got the top of the Jedi robe on, so I can show up here. You know in a work from home situation. Oh, you know Samuel L. Jackson was naked under that. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now I don't know whether this plot hole is really a plot hole or not. When Count, okay. du- when Count Dooku tells Obi-Wan the Sith strategy for undermining the Senate, I don't know if Count Dooku was just super, super confident that he could kick Obi-Wan's butt and kill him so the secret would never go any further anyway. But it seemed a bit strange why he would tell him the whole thing, knowing there was even a slight risk that if he didn't win this, the whole Sith's plan would have been completely thwarted. I think the bigger plot hole there is, why is he the only Count? Well, remember, he used to be Count Dracula, so he's got to be a Count. Yeah, I mean, you got Count Dracula, you, and got, Count you got the Count from the Muppets, and you got Count Dooku. Right. I mean, he's the only Count in right. Star Wars. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a cool title. Maybe that was I one mean, of his prerequisites I, I, for appearing I'd, I'd in the like movie. I'd like to be Count Shepard. I mean, it, <laughs> what what a cool title. So oh, you know I, what you could do if you were Count Shepard? Hmm. You could count the sheep. Ooh, I could. Oh. Sounds like a lot of work. It does sound like a lot of work. Yeah. Plus, I've eaten them all, so there's no point. There you go. Right. If Chewbacca always knew the Jedi were real, why didn't he tell Han Solo? And if he did, why didn't Han believe him? You look confused at that one. It's open to can oh, of worms, isn't wow. it? Oh, wow. Yeah, you threw a huge curveball at me on yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh... Man, that's a good one. Right. I, it, you have stumped the shepherd. I don't know. Unless Han was just pretending to know what Chewie was talking about all this time. You know, I know we've all sat at home and we're having conversations with the dog and we pretend like the dog is talking back to us. Oh, I don't. My dog's stupid. Well, yeah, your dog's stupid. So is my <laughs> dog. But I, I have had some really cool dogs over the years and sometimes you almost feel like the dog's talking back to you. Maybe in the early days of Han and Chewie being together, he's like, oh, it's just a dog, you know, I, I'm not going to pay any attention. And maybe Chewie tried to explain it, and Chewie's like, all right, you know, I'll come over here and fly around in your ship with you, but, you know, you're not listening to me about this, so yeah. I'm just going to forget it. Yeah, you know, he gets frustrated. Try- yeah. I tried Chewie to explain frustrated quickly, yeah. and he probably thought, forget it. Yeah, forget <laughs> it. You know, I'm done. I'm, I mean, it's like trying to yeah. explain some things to your significant other, and you just say, you know what, forget it. I, I, I'm sick of trying to explain this. So, all right, plot hole explained. All right, now. Chewie, Chewie just got sick of it. <laughs> now, the next one, we know that... Um, 
hiding in plain sight is a popular tactic, but <laughs> why did they hide Luke on um, Anakin's home planet and have him keep the Skywalker last name? I mean, there must have been some equivalent of Yellow Pages or something where he could look, oh, Yeah, there's another Skywalker. I mean, it, we're talking about all this technology they have. They can travel at light yeah. speed, but they don't have Google. Must have had white pages online yeah, or something. Well, yeah. I, I mean, they, they weren't able to Google. Yeah. Hey, uh, by the way, hey, Darth Vader, uh, dude on Tatooine mm. named Skywalker. Uh, name ring a bell. Yeah. Uh, and by the way... Aren't you from that planet? It sounds originally? like a robot chicken plot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, that one did bother me. Now, the only thing I could figure on that is, you know, they're out in the middle of nowhere and they're trying to be moisture farmers, and maybe, it, maybe it was far enough away because you you never do quite figure out how far it is from their little moisture farm to the Moss Eisley spaceport. You know, you you've got the chop cuts in the movie, so maybe. Maybe that trip is like driving from Dallas to, you know, Austin, and it takes three hours or something like that. So maybe they were hidden far enough away. But I, I do believe that, you know, couldn't Vader just either A, use Google and say, Luke Skywalker, or Skywalker Tatooine, and, and oh, look, uh, Luke's got a Facebook his, he page. He didn't know his name was Luke, though, did he? Right. Because he wasn't well, there at the birth. Right, and, and so that's why I'm saying Skywalker yeah. Tatooine and search, yeah. and like, oh, there's a, a Facebook profile for a Luke Skywalker that, oh, that's about the age of the kid that I would have had because I know I was having a kid, so maybe I ought to check that out. Uh yeah, nah, and also maybe. you'd have figured, given he was the master of the Sith at that point... Well, and that's where I was going with point yeah. number two, that maybe he didn't even need Google. He could just say, okay, I have offspring out right. there. I know I've got offspring out there. And he knows relatives there. have probably inherited, and, you know, yeah, some and, and of course, later on in uh, Empire, you know, he can talk to him with, through telepathy... How didn't he just kind of try to figure out where he was by entering a dream and say, oh, oh, there he is. There he is. Hey, let me hop on my Star Destroyer and go grab him. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, you know, controlling the galaxy. Maybe he got busy. I mean, maybe he was a dead Kylo Kylo Ren managed to do it. And he wasn't even related. True. But, you know, maybe maybe Vader was more of a deadbeat dad. And he's like, you know, I know I've got these kids, but, you know, I got a lot of work to do right now. I'm trying to run a galaxy. I'm trying to build a Death Star. You know, and he just kind of acted like, you know, I'm going out for a pack of smokes and he never comes home. But, but then he knew in Empire because, you know, I mean, at what point did he know before he... Do you think he had to meet Luke before he felt that in the Force that Luke was his son? No, but I, I, I think you could look at it as that kind of deadbeat dad scenario where it's like, okay, well, you know, I've got all this stuff under control and he, even though, you know, my first Death Star gets blown up and now I'm rebuilding another one and I'm doing all this stuff that... You know, maybe it took some years and said, you know, I've been I've been kind of busy with work and and maybe I ought to think about my family a little bit more. Right. You know, because we're talking about 20 plus years, right? Maybe he's like, ah, you know, I got all this stuff under control. I built this Death Star. I've done all this cool stuff. I wonder what happened to those kids uh, from that chick that I married a long time ago that died. Right. That remember in the prequels the Emperor blamed on him killing. So maybe he tried to hide that in his mind and say, you know, that was kind of a dark part. 
in in my personal history, so maybe I need to try to forget about that. Right. Now this one is, I would say, a casting issue in some respects, but there's 20 years between episode three and episode four, but Obi-Wan ages like an Asian lady, because you know Asian ladies, they look great till 45, and when they turn 46, they look 87. Because right. Obi-Wan, I mean, you know, from Alec Guinness, from him... Yeah, you know, from from yeah. Ewan McGregor to yeah. Alec Guinness. Yeah, but you know what? At the end of episode three, they show Obi Wan being parked on Tatooine, and maybe that desert life just kind of destroyed him. I mean, maybe it ages him fast. You look at a president of the United States, and they always do those before and after pictures, right? You know, yeah. you, you look at any president when they got into office versus when they get out of office. Maybe the stress of worrying is Vader going to show up? I'm living in the desert. You know, I'm used to living in the Jedi Council with all this, you know, great food and all this modern technology. Now you park me on this desert planet. I've got to worry about Vader showing up every day. Maybe stress overtook him. Now, how was he looking after Luke if, you know, he didn't talk to him, see him? And when Luke turned up, Obi-Wan was kind of surprised and didn't even kind of know it. Well, well, no, you know, no, he did. He did in episode four. Well, he didn't four. know he was coming, you know, yeah. kind of thing. It's yeah. like, because uh, apparently there didn't seem to be any internet at that period in time. Yeah, you no, know. It, apparently there there was a that, communication that kind of problem. Well, that, that's there was probably, no Al Gore in their universe to create Well, the no, I, I think AT&T got the contract for Tatooine, and yeah. so the communications were just terrible there. You're right, yeah. yeah. So here we go, last one. Last one. As Anakin, as you mentioned earlier, spent a long time building C-3PO from probably one of these Lego kits. Because you do actually see other C-3PO type, you know, robots. Right. So you've got to think yes. it's a popular kit they bought at the local store in Mos Eisley, right? Yeah. I mean, why they go, they go down to Radio yeah. Shack and it's like, hey, build yeah. your own protocol drone. Why doesn't Darth Vader kind of rec- <laughs> recognize him later? Yeah, but but going back to what you just said... It seemed like a popular design. Right. Right? So, I mean, if you have a black Toyota Corolla and you sell that black Toyota Corolla and you go 10 years later and you see another black Toyota You'd Corolla said, drive down the road. I used to have road. one of those. Though. Yeah. It, you might say, I used to have one of those, yeah. but you might not know if that was actually your Toyota Corolla or it was just another black Toyota Corolla. Right. Problem there. He also knew who R2-D2 was, and he sees C-3PO with R2-D2. Uh, now, what are the but, odds? Yeah, but... <laughs> fair enough. But once again, lots of astromech mm. droids. So, you know, it, you don't know how many droids that look just like R2-D2. I mean, yeah. even in Phantom Menace, where, like, they're looking at R2-D2, and we're sitting there watching the movie, right? And we're like, oh, that's yeah. R2-D2, that's R2-D2. And they actually say, what is this droid's number? Oh, yeah. R2-D2. Yeah. So maybe a lot yeah. of them looked alike, and you had yeah. to have some kind of identifier to tell them apart. Well, because... there were different R2 units, because remember, like, because right. Luke refers to him as, like, uh, this R2 unit, because I think the one which blew mm-hmm. up before he got, it was R2-D3 or something like that, wasn't he? The one which blew up before they actually No, got that R2-D2. was R5-D4. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so so that was an Nerd. R5 unit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and now, now we're getting yeah. into my real Star yeah. Wars knowledge. But... Uh, but seriously, you could have had, just like a Toyota Corolla, they probably roll off, you know, a million of those a, a year in black, and they all look the same. Could have been the same with R2-D2. 
D2 units. Yeah, but and we maybe didn't see that too many his... of them through the other movies, though. No, so this we is didn't. But, where it but once again, you, you've got a droid that's made in some factory somewhere, and they scatter them all around the galaxy. Maybe there's only a, a handful on each planet. I mean, mm. it you probably only have five Ferraris yeah. in South Lake, Texas. So you see those, but there's going to be more Ferraris in Dallas, Texas, more Ferraris in Austin, Texas. So they scatter them all around. Yeah, so, but you have to uh, remember, he was a slave and he could afford to buy a C3, sorry, build a C3PO. You'd figured everybody would have one. Yeah, but, yeah. It, you know, he could have been gathering parts out of the junkyard, too, mm, where it's yeah, like, okay, I got my plans, let me just kind of scrape the parts together, and maybe that's why he didn't have the skins. Yeah. Maybe the skins were the expensive parts, and everything yeah. else underneath were the cheap parts. I think he had a pretty cushy slave life, to be honest. Not yeah. not, not a real reflection of slavery, to be True. honest. You know, he no. built, built himself a freaking pod racer, right. a robot. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I know. That's the bigger plot anyway, hole, isn't it? Before before we get onto this next topic, um, I know you don't need to use the bathroom necessarily, but would you like to go there and cuss a lot before we get onto this next topic? Because you know what it's going to oh, be. Oh man! You know without what it's you be. without you even saying it, you I know, know exactly where this is going since we're All talking right. about the prequels. Okay. So yeah. oh man, I, right. I I probably should, but I will try to Wait. refrain. Well, let's not let's not actually mention his name. Throughout this entire conversation, so we're, right? so we're going to pretend like Him. it's Voldemort. Him. Yeah, okay. So, this character, I hate him. He's Canadian. Why? Why do you think? What came over George Lucas's brain to include this character in the prequels? Horrible comic service trying to be funny when it's not funny. Because uh, there must have been test audiences. <sighs> You know, it, it reminds me of the movie uh, Fan Guys. Yeah, yeah. Or Fan Boys, sorry. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, when the uh, Seth... Uh, what is it? Seth Rogen? Yeah. Yeah, Seth Rogen character has the tattoo of him on his back. He's like, oh, this guy's going to be the... You know what? Uh, it's it, kind of funny because I think the test audiences, the, the initial reaction was everybody's going to think this guy's funny... Uh, it's going to be the comic relief, and it just fell so flat, so flat, and almost ruined the entire movie. Yeah, almost ruined the entire. I movie. mean, I I hated him within like two three seconds. I mean, I think I gave Hitler more of a free pass in terms of timeline before Jar Jar because at least Hitler, when he first oh, began, you said his you know, name. Gone, you said his name. Oh, You're not supposed to say his name. No. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, at least, you know, some of the great dictators in history, they at least kind of weren't instantly dislikable. Right. Eventually, they were incredibly evil and dislikable. Well, they, they but, all started out as charismatic yeah. leaders. Yeah. Uh, this guy started out as Let's just call him just, JJ, because we can... Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, 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 that, that could be a double entendre. Yeah. So, how did... Well, I was actually going to ask you this, and then I completely scratched this question out of my mind, that in Attack of the Clones... How on earth had he managed to become a politician? And then I thought about our own Congress, and then I yeah. thought, yeah, that's a stupid question. Yeah, <laughs> you might as well scratch that one off your list because yeah. uh, we don't yeah. want to spin into politics yeah. right now. But I'm pretty sure yeah. I can give you a lot so of that's, examples yeah. as so to that's how actually, that happened. Yeah, so that, that's actually no surprise whatsoever that one. So, um, what uh, I know everybody has their own reasons for hating them, and a lot of them overlap. A lot of them are the same. But what is your personal major beef with him? He just didn't fit. 
just didn't fit in the movies. It, it was so forced. Uh, you could tell that they needed somebody that was going to be in there and try to be funny, try to lighten the mood, uh, not dissolve the mood, not turn the movie into a comedy, but needed a comic relief, and it just didn't work. Yeah, to me it was like absolutely Kermit, didn't Kermit, work. Kermit the Frog turning up in the middle of Titanic. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, I mean, you could pick anything. It it, it would be like uh, Big Bird showing up in Schindler's yeah. List <laughs> and just deciding, uh, oh, we're yeah. we're trying to escape. I'm a bird. Yeah. Let's yeah. fly away. It's like, but you can't well, fly what, though, can you? Yeah, but it, why all of a sudden do we need this? Yeah. It, where did this come from? It, it doesn't make any sense, and it, and it still doesn't make any sense. And even Lucas figured that out because yeah. in two and three, he had much more of a smaller part, but. I mean, you go back and rewatch episode one and how much of that movie he is in that movie. It's crazy. And and it's horrible slapstick comedy. And there, yeah. were, there was never slapstick comedy in Star Wars. Right. And episode one is so full of slapstick yeah. crap with him. Yeah. It's terrible. Now, 21 years later, do you still hate him as much? Or do you think the characters in the final trilogy maybe eclipsed him a little bit Oh, they your, eclipsed him. List. They eclipsed him a lot, yeah. and, and and sad to say, they they actually did because of the uh, what I'll call the sequel trilogy. Uh, I hate so many of them so much more than I do yeah. uh, him. Uh, I still hate him, but but yeah, yeah. It, it it makes it more tolerable. It it really does. I mean, even even us sitting here tonight talking about this makes me almost want to go back and watch the prequels again because I haven't watched the prequels since I've watched the sequels and I almost think to myself, you know what? The prequels were better movies. Yeah. They were better oh, movies yeah. than the sequels. Well, I think the opening 20 minutes of episode seven was good and I thought it was going to go. And I think there were parts in it, you know, obviously when Han Solo and Chewbacca turn up and a few other moments. But, sure. But, but, but each, <laughs> each one of the, each one of the prequels and the sequels have their moments, right? Yeah. But you can't take those moments and say those were great movies yeah. because they, they need to be able to stand on their own. A, a movie has to be able to stand on its own if you haven't watched a prequel or a sequel or you don't know the story behind it, a movie has to stand on its own. Right. And the prequels and the sequels suffer a lot yeah. from being able to stand on their own. Yeah, there should be a and, certain amount of imposition whereby you right. can pick up the plot even if you haven't Look, seen a in, in, prequel And we're going to say it's no secret. It's no secret between you and I, but probably our, I'm going to say, second maybe third favorite Star Wars movie, is Rogue One. Right. And that movie can stand on its own. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know anything about the history of Star Wars or whatever. You can show that movie to anybody. Right. And as a movie, as a standalone movie, it can stand by itself yeah. and be a good movie. Yeah. None of the prequels can do that. Yeah. Now, there's an alternate fan theory that J.J. Uh, was actually secretly a Sith Lord, that his clumsiness was orchestrated... You know, he's being secretly manipulative and yeah, has an alliance that. with Palpatine all along. No, don't believe it. 
don't believe it. And, and I have seen that fan theory, and I think it's interesting. Yeah. But I think it's some fan service to try to get people to not hate him as much as yeah. everybody did. And that didn't really come yeah. out until just before the sequels were yeah. announced and everything. And it was almost a way to say, hey, can we figure out a way to not hate him as much? And no, we really can't. But, we but still you know hate the, him. But you know the actor who actually voiced him said in an interview or suggested in an interview there was actually some truth to that, but Lucas kind of shelved it pretty much immediately yeah. when it was brought up in a group session. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I can't think of his name. I, I can see a picture of him in my head. I can't think of his name. But I, I, I do feel bad for the guy because, you know, he did his best. Uh, a, a mod. Some, you mean the like guy that. who did his voice? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it, well, it's not only his voice, but I think he even wore like a costume oh, yeah, and, and walked CGI'd around. The, the yeah, they the CGI the, yeah. the rest of him. You know, I I feel bad for the guy because he he the actor did a good job. He did what he was asked right. to do. Yeah. So it's not his fault. Yeah. And so he gets blamed a lot for it. So I, I truly feel bad for the guy with that. Yeah. But at the same time, not so much. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure an actor in Hollywood's not going to turn down a role in Star Wars. Right. So Leonardo the, DiCaprio. The, uh, actually worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. yeah. But they're not all Leonardo DiCaprio's. Yeah. Now, before we leave the topic of uh, JJ, do you not think it was a strange choice, really, if you're trying to appeal to kids, which obviously the prequels were, right. when you consider somebody like Baby Yoda in The Mal um, Mandalorian and his obvious merchandise appeal is cute, everybody loves him, and how on earth you come up with JJ as opposed to something like Baby Yoda? Because you could have had a Baby Yoda in the prequels. That's true. Uh, you, you could have it in there. There wasn't a Baby Yoda. There wasn't an Ewok. There wasn't yeah. a Porg. Uh, none of that really in the prequels. Uh, but I think Lucas knew that based off of the original movies, people were going to buy toys. Yeah, They, they were going to buy toys, and they didn't need some kind of a gimmick right. character to sell the toys. Right. Uh, e even with him, uh, I don't think the goal with him was to try to sell well, toys. Well, I think the Ewoks were probably a little bit going that way. You know, the well, of, yes. Yeah. No, the, no, the Ewoks were, the Porgs were, the, you know, Baby Yoda to some extent. I mean, I, you know, once again, I, I think we'll probably eventually talk about the Mandalorian, but uh, there were no gimmick characters in the prequels right it, it, it was more of that old school you mean you, in the original trilogy no in the prequels no, there there were no gimmick characters mean? as far as just to sell toys well jar jar was i don't think so no i think it was to sell toys well, maybe that was their original was intent, but it backfired. Yeah, it was uh, at kids. Okay, so well, it backfired yeah. on and, and maybe that, that was the I thought. Because I can't, for the life of me, think, unless you were trying to sell toys, why on earth you would put... I mean, it must he must have lost his ever-living mind if that was not for merchandising purposes. And again, he misjudged it, but why on earth would you put a character like that? Yeah, but... Okay, so let's think about it this way, right? You got the 
the Ewoks, you got Baby Yoda, you got Porgs, right? They're all small, cuddly, mm. easy to make a quote unquote yeah. life size version yeah. that you can sell kids. Yeah. As opposed he, to seven he's foot like punchable. seven seven foot tall, lizard looking yeah. thing. Uh, that yeah. talks funny. That I, hope, I, I don't see it. I kind of hoped I ISIS see would get hold of him at some point. You know, yeah. It, well, I, I think, I think honestly, uh, not to make uh, the original actor feel bad, but we could have had Osama bin Laden play him, and yeah. I've been just still as happy. wouldn't still wouldn't have liked. Yep. Still would not have disliked the character any less. Mm-hmm. Now looking back, you know, obviously we're twenty-one years since the release of the Phantom Menace. God, how crazy is that to think about? Twenty-one years. Now you've had time to digest, and like we mentioned earlier, it's been quite a while since you've seen the prequels. But with the release of the final trilogy, which we didn't like, and the standalones, which... Oh, now, you know, now hang on. Episode 7, it, in, in, yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk about these later, but, but let's be careful now, because I liked 7. I didn't love 7, I liked yeah. 7. Hated 8, didn't really like 9. So I'm not going to say I hated yeah. Yeah. the the sequels because I kind of liked Seven. Episode Seven for me was like going on a date to a really nice restaurant. I had a fantastic meal, but I didn't like the date. I didn't like her. <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was enough fan service in Seven yeah. that I don't hate Seven. Yeah. I, I don't hate Seven. Yeah. So but I don't love yeah. seven. Well, let's take all three trilogies. Let's keep okay. let's keep Rogue One out of it because that's unfair. Because yeah, that was one keep, of the best movies. Keep, you can't keep Rogue One out. out. We're going to keep Solo, Solo out. out. We're going to keep Mandalorian out. Yeah. We're going to keep the cartoons out. Yeah, it, we're talking about the how nine think, movies. Yeah, how do you think the prequels hold up in the three trilogies? Now we know how we thought it compared to the um, first trilogy, the original trilogy, rather. But with the release of the final trilogy, how well do you think the prequels stand up as a trilogy in that set of movies? Much better. Yeah. Much better than the sequels. Uh, not as good as the originals, but much better than the sequels. Yeah. And, and, and so disappointing when you think about the technology, when you think about the backstory, when you think about the history, when you think about everything that surrounds Star Wars. It's extremely disappointing that the prequels hold up better than the sequels. What is your most annoying, or the thing you find maybe not necessarily annoying, but regretful with all nine movies? Just what, maybe, mm, there's probably a lot of things. Maybe one thing which you're kind of a bit annoyed at George Lucas that he didn't do through the nine movies. Mm. doesn't have to be the biggest thing. Just one thing which you've thought about more than a couple of occasions, you wish this would have happened. And obviously with JJ, we wish that hadn't have happened. But um... I, I think there should have been more Vader in 3. And when I say Vader, I mean Vader in the suit. Uh, I think they missed the boat there. Because uh, until and and I know we said we're gonna leave Rogue One out of this, but you know until Rogue One, you didn't really get to see Vader being Vader. Yeah. And then that last scene in Rogue One, you get to see Vader being Vader. Yeah. And I think they missed 
an opportunity to put the Vader suit out there and really show how he was controlling the galaxy and how he was feared and all of that versus this kind of whiny character at the very end of three just upset about Padme dying. Yeah. Because uh, that's how you leave the movie. If you, if you were to show somebody who knew zero about Star Wars and just showed them episode three and you say, okay, well, here's this warrior guy. He gets almost killed. They pick him up. They put him in this suit and he's crying about his dead wife. That's all you know about him. You don't know all of his exploits. Yeah. And so you have that big hole. And I think, to me, that that was my biggest takeaway with 3, that, yes, it's cool to see the charred body of Anakin being put into that suit and see him become that Darth Vader iconic character that we know from screen. And if you look at some of the IMDb stuff about, you know, best villain of all time. It always goes towards Darth Vader. But they missed that opportunity where they could have ended the movie a little bit more forward in time of Vader being that true evil person that we always thought he was. Yeah. I I think my biggest fault, I guess, across the movies is that in the prequels, other than Palpatine, there wasn't a consecutive strong villain. Now, you think about the original trilogy, you know, you had Luke Skywalker, you had Darth Vader. Right. You look at the final trilogy, you had Rey, and you have Kylo Ren. Right. But in the first, well, in the prequels, you've got a mixture of kind of heroes, no one standout hero. Right. And really, again, the only kind of baddie you have right until the last moment is really kind of Palpatine. And I think they missed out not... no. I mean, because we know now that Darth Maul survived. I think if they'd have had Darth Maul being the main protagonist through one, two, and three, I think it would have added a lot more. You know, killing him off, I think, was one of the biggest mistakes in the Star Wars universe. Well, yeah, and and you've got that, and now you've got uh, Mandalorian saying Boba Fett survived, which, you know, everybody wanted Boba Fett to survive. Well, it doesn't Uh, say that he survived. They got found the armor, but they could have pulled that out of the silent pit. uh, Yeah, but but you got to look into that... uh, episode of Mandalorian when the guy turns around and that's the same actor that played Django Fett and they're right. saying that's Boba Fett. But most Fett. people wouldn't know that though. I know. Yeah. But everybody's saying it's Boba Fett. Yeah. But it's almost like the fans are sitting out here saying, how have you guys not figured this out yet? Right. This is what we want to see. Yeah. Why do you not give us what we want to see? There's yeah. a reason why Hollywood has test screenings and movies have changed because somebody goes in, they watch the movie, uh, and and this is going to sound extremely crazy right now, but the one that comes to mind right now is Pretty Woman. So when Pretty Woman came out with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, the original ending of that movie was Richard Gere threw the money at her, and basically they you know parted ways, and never saw each other again. And the test audience said, no, we don't like this. They, they have to get together at the end of the movie. 
And look, there's nothing wrong with surprise endings of movies. Quentin Tarantino is excellent at that, right? But you're still not disappointed in the ending. You're surprised. Surprised and disappointed is two different things when it comes to the ending of a movie. But some of the the Star Wars, there's no surprise. It's just disappointment. Like, you missed the boat here. Why were you so lazy in this? Why, Why did you do this? Are you just really trying to sell toys are you really just trying to sell movie tickets? Why, why are you disappointing all the fans? Why, well, why are you doing this Well, to for us? me, it, co- it comes back to something I'd read a long time ago about the, um, you know, the uh, Star Wars games, Knights of the Old Republic? I don't yeah, know, all I the, don't, I don't the know video if, games. I don't, I don't know if you've seen all the cutscenes added together on YouTube, and it forms like, almost like a full feature-length film. Right. That is incredible. I mean, you could make a movie and it would be a great movie with all the cutscenes from those two games, yeah. right? And it's like, why on earth could he have not taken, you know, because there were so many Star Wars universe books written. I mean, a famous one comes to mind. I think it's called A Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which I think was set maybe after episode four or maybe a little bit before. I'm not entirely sure. But there were so many great books in the Star Wars universe written. And even... You know, if you'd have gone back to something like Knights of the Old Republic, you know, that type of a plot, you know, you look, in, you look into that and you do need to watch it on YouTube. I think it's on the hard drive if you haven't seen it. I, I think you made me watch that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very long when you put them yeah. all together, but it, I mean, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I don't understand for the life of me, given they knew how much of a blockbuster each one of these movies was going to be individually and as a trilogy, why it literally just seems like they sat somebody down the day before production began, gave them six minutes on each movie to brainstorm, and this is what they come out of. They they didn't care about plot holes, they didn't care about audience reception, and it just seemed the most laziest right. Now, I understand with the final trilogy, in the age those movies were filmed, in the environment we're in, a lot of things which ruined that trilogy was because of the era we're in, and right? The, and the th- things they had to so, put in the movie, yeah, the, it, you know, social justice yeah. and and you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it was all woke. It was three, well, wo- three, woke, three woke, woke movies. Would, you know? uh, uh, I can't think of the term right now, uh, but um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. and, and and it's. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It, it's like so many shows, so many movies that, that you say could never be made today because yeah. of all the... Oh, yeah. virtue signaling. Yeah, that, virtue that's, signaling. The, yeah. that's the term that's I'm looking enti- for. Yeah, virtue enti- signaling. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that, that's what happened to yeah. Star Wars, yeah. and, and it's so disappointing. And, and what surprised me about that is that Rogue One wasn't made too far away from that final trilogy in terms of when it was produced, written, and directed. Yet, right. Rogue One, it's got the most diverse group of characters of any True. of the movies. Again, you've got a lead female character. Yep. You've got Hispanic characters, yep. black characters, yep. everything else. And yep. yet, that movie is perfect in terms of there's no virtue yep. signaling, no wokeness. No. Nope. I, I, I don't look at that movie yeah. saying that, oh, thank goodness that we have a female lead yeah. hero character. I don't think of her that yeah. way. It's a strong character. Yeah. The, the whole movie, just, it, it's great. It's and the, absolutely great. And the thing is, just like the original Star Wars trilogy, you liked 
every single character in that movie in Rogue One. There, there was not one weak character right. in that movie. It, you're absolutely you know, I, correct. I like, I like to can't remember his name now. Um, the robot K two S O K two S O. I liked him, yeah, more than I liked any character. You know, in probably you know the prequels True. and final trilogy in terms yeah. of how they how they were on screen. And now their original incantation. Obviously, I like Han Solo and the well, sure, you know first sure. but, you know in the original at, trilogy. It, but and in before we get too much in the rabbit hole on Rogue One, I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna you know sum this up. But K two S O in Rogue One had kind of a comic relief part. Yeah. And you laughed at the stuff, but you didn't yeah. laugh hysterically. It wasn't slapstick. It, it wasn't slapstick. It, it was just enough to lighten it up a little bit, realizing that it, it's a robot. Yeah. And so he says some things, and you kind of laugh, at, yeah. and it lightens you up a little bit, because let's be honest, Rogue One's a dark movie. Yeah, and, and so you need that a little yeah. bit. Now, I've got two questions to ask you before right. we kind of wrap up with this. First of all, do you think a pre- prequel trilogy would work if it went no. along the line of the Knights no. of the Old Republic? Or no, something like that. not at no. all. Zero. Why not? No, won't work. Uh, Disney has went so far to milking Star Wars now that they're going to have to spin off on things like Mandalorian, yeah. anything. If, if they try to go back in the past, they're just going to ruin more of the Star Wars universe. I think... I hope at least they're smart enough not to do that. Well, uh, well, what I meant by that, I don't mean... Because we know that Disney would probably mess it up, and especially if you put somebody like Ryan Johnson directing it, then it would be yeah, you know, horrible. a train wreck. Well, let, let me put it this way. If, say, the writers and producers, directors of Rogue One were going to produce that pre-prequel, do you think that could work? Do you think no. there would be a storyline there which would no, be... The, so the only way I think a pre-prequel would work is if you gathered the people like you're talking about that wrote the the books in the expanded universe and the people that are on the internet in the forums and on the blogs and everything and you rented out a convention center and you locked them in that convention center for a year and got them to agree on what the story would be, it's the only way it's going to yeah. work. Other than that, not going to happen. Sorry, I'm just finishing off this email to George Lucas. Uh, dear George, forget what I mentioned earlier. He's not interested in it. Yep. Right, last question here, and I think this is a good one to finish on. Given that the standalone movies, Rogue One, was excellent. Solo, I think, was underrated. I think, you know, the second I do too. I saw, I Solo was, was a good movie, but yeah. there, there's a whole story, and I, and I hope that we're going to do a podcast yeah. just about Solo, yeah. so I don't want to dig no, too much no. into it. W- would you like a movie about any of the characters other than Darth Maul or Darth Vader as a standalone movie? I think Boba Fett would be a good movie uh, pre-Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett. In, right. in between the prequels and up to Empire Strikes Back right. to, to learn his backstory. Yeah. I, I think that would be a good movie. Right. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of people thought Mandalorian was going to be that story because they're like, oh, that kind of looks like Boba Fett. Yeah. And so they thought it was like a Boba right. Fett story. Uh, so I think that would be a good one. Yeah. I, I think 
you could actually get a good movie out of Obi-Wan, which I hear they're still in talks. I hear Ewan McGregor is supposed to do that. I think that can be good if they're careful with it, uh, but it could be horrible yeah. as well. I, I think another one that most people don't think too much about, maybe, but maybe they should would be some of the other backstories from the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back and more of a story behind the huts in Tatooine. Because that would have supposed to be more of a general movie rather yeah. than a singular character. Because well, none of those are really famous enough or popular enough to do a standalone yeah, movie. Yeah, and maybe you have a bounty hunter type movie. Maybe you have a and and I think that's where Mandalorian was kind of going with the bounty hunter thing. So yeah. so we'll scratch that. Right. But but if you had a movie surrounding the huts, but made it dark, made it a organized crime movie. Almost a mafia-style movie, which is what the Huts were yeah. supposed to be. That'd make and, a better TV show than a movie, uh, I think. Yeah, but you know what? In this day and age, you've got a lot of TV shows that stretch out to, you know, we did ten episodes that are forty minutes a piece. Yeah, that you could cut those down to maybe fifteen minutes worth of good material times ten. Now you've yeah. got one hundred and fifty minutes. You got a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Just make it a movie. Yeah. Just make, give me a one and done. Yeah. I, I don't want to... It, it's like The Mandalorian. Look, I love The Mandalorian. Love watching it. I hate the fact that they don't release all the episodes that I just can't watch them on a weekend. Now I've got to wait just like we used to way back yeah. when when TV shows came out. Uh, you know, like The Mandalorian, but would just like to go ahead and sit down and enjoy the whole thing. Right. Now that question was actually a two-part question, but we kind of jumped into the first part of it real quick and heavy. Other than a standalone movie for a single character, a general movie like Rogue One, if they were to make another movie which slotted anywhere in the timeline, say like prior to episode one or in between one and two, two and three, or after three, uh, and I'm talking purely about the prequels here, if there was another standalone movie which could appear, so either before one to kind of set things up, in between one and two, in between two and three to fill the gap, or immediately just after three and before solo, where do you think a best standalone, well, not standalone, but a general kind of movie to fill out the well, gaps? Once again, Vader. I've got to go with Vader. So because, just after three then? Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. just after three, before Rogue One. Well, yeah. Ob obviously. Before it, Solo then. So, well, yeah, before yeah. Solo, before Rogue One. Yeah. It doesn't matter who yeah. you put in the suit. As long yeah. as James Earl Jones is still alive and he can yeah. voice Vader, it doesn't matter who you yeah. put in the suit. So you're missing out on the ability to have a Vader movie. It's going to happen eventually. Well, it's I Disney. don't know. There's money. Yeah, but but you know what? If if James Earl Jones, and, and please don't die, please don't die of the COVID, but if James Earl Jones passes away and they got to have somebody else go in there and voice him, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the no, same. No, but I think you can almost computer-generate his voice almost as good Maybe. now. Just like they did with Leia in uh, Rogue One. I mean, well, yeah, Leia and, and uh, Peter Cushing, yeah. same, same thing. I, yeah. I, I mean, maybe we've gotten to the point to where we can yeah. have James Earl Jones go into some studio yeah. and just... 
you know, yeah. read the, the quick brown fox jumped yeah. over the whatever, and and we can replicate his voice. Yeah. But I hate to see it for him because he's he is Vader, right? It, that voice. And, that, the, and that's the great him. the great thing is, I mean, if you did do a movie after Episode Three and before Solo, say like three point zero Episode Three point zero five. I mean, again, what we learned from watching Rogue One was what they did with, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin and with Princess Leia. And this is even now, even a few years down the line, that we could still have, you know, the cast in some respects from the original trilogy actually in that movie making appearances where it needs to kind of support the plot. I think that would be as much fan service as I would like on that. I think that would be too much fan service because you could do so much with Vader by himself without Han Solo, without Leia, without even Grand Moff Tarkin, without that, and just figure out why he was so feared, why, why he was so great, why we all know he was great, right? Yeah. They could make this movie. They could, but you have to remember, if they make this movie, it's going to be aimed at your son, Connor. It's not going to be aimed at 40-year-old Shepard. Sure, but but at the same time, I think the reason they don't make the movie is because they know they can't make the movie. Mm. There's nobody out there that can write the script. There's nobody out there that's going to be able to write the story, and it is going to be so overanalyzed that they they know it's a failure walking in. Maybe I think it'll be made. Oh. Yeah. Well, let's bet uh, 15 cents. Okay. All right. 15 cent bet. With inflation? 25 cents. Okay. Okay. All right. And with that said, uh, thank you for tuning into this extremely long episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Uh, we are nipping the heels at two hours, so we hope you stuck with us through this one. Uh, we get a little passionate about Star Wars. And one of the reasons why we've kind of delayed some of the Star Wars talks is is we knew that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go a little long with this. So most likely you probably paused a few times in the middle of this and, and picked it up. But uh, we're we're happy that you stuck with us and we'll catch you on the next one.